Hello, dearest listeners, and welcome to this episode of the Post Pubescence Podcast. My name is Jake, and I'm here with Sammy Boy, and we're both very much unemployed. We're here to explore the unknowns and fears of establishing a career path. We figured that if this is something that scares us, we're probably not alone. So here we are, trying to figure our shit out. Our guest today is Georgia. She's a friend of mine uh, from Canada. And in this episode, we discussed how she has known that she's wanted to be a vet from very early on and has been able to pursue it with a few hiccups along the way, but ultimately has reached uh, a place where she's practicing it and is in the working world. Uh, And yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. Peace. How's Hello. it going? Good. How are you? We're fine. I'm. A, I'm. Yeah. My uh, sleeping patterns all messed up, so uh, I'm still a little. I'm still waking up. Yeah, that's fine. Quarantine will do that. Yeah, Sam. She's she's been working this whole time. Yes, oh, really? I have. Mm-hmm, yeah, so wow. far. What's your hours? Um, it depends. Most nights I'm working until. From 10 until 8, but it changes. No, it's not too bad. And we're open seven days a week now, so it just changes every day pretty much because of what's going on. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, Because, yeah, because our our income has, like, (laughs) dropped completely. So he's just trying to keep, get more stuff in over longer periods of time. Yeah. Um, So. Can you get coronavirus from uh, dogs? Um, I don't, we don't think so. I think you can, the biggest risk is an owner who has coronavirus, like gets, you know, droplets on their pet and then you touch their pet and you yeah. can pick it up that way. That's but, scary. I mean, dogs can't give coronavirus directly to, to people. Cats seems like it's a different story. I don't know. Oh, know really? Much. Yeah. Oh, apparently wow. like people can give cats coronavirus. Um, but I mean, it's all very new, so who knows? That's wild. And you guys are taking mm-hmm. like, so wild. you guys yeah. taking precautions. What kind of precautions are you taking to not catch? Um, from, from we just <laughs> we're just uh, talking to owners on the phone and uh, taking their animals back to examine them, like into the treatment room, so we don't have to be in close contact. Do you pure pure all the dogs before that before you bring them in? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we just wash our hands before and after. But someone did ask me if they could bathe their dog in alcohol. And I was like, ah, no, probably not. Oh just, my gosh. just don't let other people touch your pet if that's your worry. Don't, please don't bathe your dog in alcohol. That is some wild shit. There's such beautiful noises behind you. Are there the birds? Yeah. It's I a, know, I'm, I'm sitting outside for once. It feels like spring for the first time, so. Yeah, we've robbed any form of uh, going outside or exercising from you. My bad. It would be funny if someone put a mask on one of their dogs. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised at this point. Like, have you guys yeah, seen some of the, the pictures? People wearing, like, scuba masks or plastic yeah, no. bags on their head. <laughs> it, it's very weird. Mm. It's very weird. Like, suffocating themselves, but yeah. Um, did you know that uh, Georgia's a country? I did. Did you just discover that? 
No, so, so, so I, me and Sam had this argument just before you got on. <laughs> it's a, a state and a country. Yes. Thank yeah. You. I knew yeah. it was a state, but I never knew it was. It's actually a tiny little country. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, so I didn't. Cute. I didn't know that until like two years ago. So I can't. I can't make fun of you too much, really. Do you, um, <laughs> do, you do you know what you were named after? Me? Yeah. No, I don't. My parents were gonna call me. Olivia, like Olivia without the O, and that would have been the biggest curse ever because <laughs> my entire life I would have been like, no, it's Livia, and people have been like, oh, Livia. Oh no, my gosh. Just Livia. But other than that, I don't know. They called me Cabbage Patch for a few weeks because they didn't know what to call me. <laughs> that I do know. Um, are you happy with your name? I am. Are you happy with your name, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange question to ask. I don't actually know why I asked that. Uh, I don't either. It, it's all good. It's all good. Sometimes names don't suit people, but I was just wondering if you think that it's true. I think so. I um, think Jake really suits you, Jake. Yeah, so do I. Really? Jake the Snake. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's a huge compliment for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Georgia. Of course. Yeah. Sorry for taking up your, your entire day. I actually feel bad about that. Well, if if it's my entire day, I'm le- I'm leaving early. If it's the next seven hours, so we won't be doing that. No, who knows where the conversation is going to take us? Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, um, we normally just start with the speed round, so uh, all right, we'll take you through those, and it's just okay. like super general questions. Okay. <laughs> speed round. First question: Who of your friends do you think you could take in a fight? And why? Um, whom of my friends do I think I could take in a fight? Yeah. Probably, hmm, I'm going to say in a fair fight, none of them, because I'm very short and weak, but I feel like I would, like, bite and scratch, which is, like, a cheap fight, so probably in that way, um, <laughs> most of them, but because it would be cheap shots, that's my answer. You could take most of them because you have good tactics. <laughs> yeah, because I, like, so it's, I would, like, pull hair. And bite. I can literally see you scream the scratcher <laughs> and the biter. Yeah, well, I had an older, I have an older brother, and he beat the crap out of me when I was younger. So I've, I've had to adapt. That's that's that's, that's good tactics. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever slapped a man, or have you ever wished that you slapped someone but ne- never got the opportunity? Um, definitely wished I have, but no, I haven't actually. In seriousness. Hmm. That's, that's that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you not a confrontational person? Is that why? Um, I feel like not with people I don't know very well. I would say mm. I'm non-confrontational, but I think with people who I'm close with, uh, probably the opposite. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Um, music or movies? Mm, movies. Really? Mm. I know. Like uh, most people would say music, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is actually true. What about you, Sam? Music or movies? Uh, I'm pretty divided on that one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because... I like, uh, like, yeah, I listen to music every day, watch movies most days, and yeah, they're both pretty close to me, so. Mm. Kind of a tough one. It is a tough mm. one. That's why I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, what? What's your? What is your favorite movie then? Uh, Me? Yeah, Georgia. 
did you forget my name? <laughs> um, I did not. My favorite movie is probably Shawshank Redemption. Okay, standard. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. And I'm also, I love scary movies, but all scary, you know, there are not many good scary movies, but I still like all, most That's of them. Mm. What about what about Stephen King's uh, movies? Um, yeah, I've only seen one of them, to be honest. Okay. I, I, didn't really, I didn't really like it. I watched it on the on the plane. Oh once. yeah, I've seen both of those. Yes, I've seen it. I thought it was so overrated. I thought it was so overrated. Yeah, I know. I remember going to see it with my friend Katrina in theaters, and then by the end, it like wasn't even scary because there was so much like I don't know what the word is. It like turns very. I was gonna say not realistic, but I guess a clown killing people isn't realistic. But oh, yeah, it gets a bit far fetched. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it, yeah. Sam. Okay, next question. How often do you say, I love you to your friends? Um, pretty much every time I talk to them. Are you, one like, of the, are, you, are you one of those who says goodbye and then love you as well? Yeah, definitely. But like, I feel like let's say, most of my friends are like that. What about like m- meaningful I love yous? Like, not just end of the conversation I love yous. Um, to my friends, probably mm. not very often, honestly. That's a good point. And I don't think I ever meaningfully, like, look into their eyes and say, <laughs> I love you. Not like that, but, like, I don't know. Well, I, well I, I'm, I'm, I mean it every time I say it, but sure. probably, okay. I don't think I've ever, you know, seriously done that without, it's usually only like, okay, bye, I love you, that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 okay. With um, my friends, at least. Do you, I mean, you probably... Do you, are you the type of person that, that maybe shows it more than says it? Or equal parts? Equal. Okay. Definitely equal. Okay, when last did you cry? Um, oh, two days ago. Solid. Yeah. Are you, are you a frequent crier? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I good. Am. That's good. I'm jealous. Yeah, you haven't cried in like four years or something like that, from what I remember. We've had this conversation, yes. yes. (laughs) Let's not let's not get into into my things. Okay, okay, fair. No, uh, and then finally, when last were you proud of yourself? When last was I proud of myself? Um, Probably also two days ago, I would say. Do you want to tell us why? Yes. Yeah, especially because the those two incidences the crying and the the proud were related so um happy crying nope 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 (laughs) (laughs) so today's friday so on wednesday um there's this like i was it's all work related so there's this dog that came in that was long story short very very sick um and i (laughs) was proud of myself because it died in its kennel, which sounds horrible, but it was better for the dog. Mm-hmm. And then I had to talk to the owners and tell them that they had no idea that their dog all of a sudden died in its kennel. I feel like I did that well, like okay. handled myself well with that. But then, cool. so I work at a really small vet practice and my boss has been doing it for like 30 years. So he knows all the clients really well. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And so after I talked to them, they called back and asked to speak to my boss. Nothing against me, but they just like have known him for a long time and they just wanted to, I guess, get a better understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm. But that happens like all the time at work. Like I 
my the clients because they don't know me and I I mean obviously you can't see me but I look young and mm. so I feel like they don't trust me and it's just like over time them always asking to speak to my boss because they don't good. believe me or trust me so then when I came home Wednesday night I was like just so tired of that so I had a small cry but got it all out and then yeah all is fine so both that's interesting that you were both proud of yourself and, and you were and, and it was equally a sad moment yeah well I feel like because I was like I felt like I handled it so well it was like a, oh. you know, a double punch in the face that they still didn't oh they couldn't like finalize it with me if that makes yeah. sense that's that is hard that, that must be a really difficult part of the job to y yeah tell the owners. it is yeah and i mean i've only Jesus. been doing it for seven months so i haven't had to do it that much but i can mm -hmm. imagine that it's going to be a tough part of the job for sure yeah yeah let us let us let us shift to, to high school mm-hmm Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your high school experience. Um, so I went to a pretty small high school in Victoria. And what's your definition of small? I feel like, I mean, probably in my grade, there were probably like 80 people or something like that in my grade and maybe oh, okay. 300 people like in the whole high school. So okay. I guess by some standards, not small, but... Mm. To me, that's pretty small. Yeah, that is pretty small. Yeah, um, I would say I had a decent high school experience. Had really good friends, and a lot of them I'm still friends with to this day, like six years after graduating. So I feel like that says something. Cool. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, what what part of the experience are you wanting to hear about? The the, the people, maybe. I, I guess you kind of you kind of answered that already. So so. The point is, it leaned more towards a positive experience than you not enjoying it. Um, for the most part, I feel like in my grade, especially, there was a fair but bit of um, bullying that went on. To be honest, okay. like even between friends, like I feel like I don't know, especially the guys in my grade were not <laughs> kind to the girls in my grade. So yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. mostly positive, but definitely some tough spots. I mean, I'm like five foot two and I feel like that's not even that's short but mm -hmm. I got bullied for my height a lot so that what? was tough for me but really? now I don't care yeah so pretty strange. badly it is strange but yeah. yeah kids kids can be mean so I love the, the insecurity in it because it's like they're insecure that they're short so they so that their outlet is telling you that you're too tall it's such like a backward um approach i don't, I don't know it is yeah strange. it is strange and yeah it is very strange where did you lie on the on the were you confrontational in high school mm, uh no no definitely not so you so if you saw bullying you're like uh don't really know what to do about this yeah i feel like especially from grades like 9 to 11 i definitely wouldn't have said anything but in grade 12 probably like more confident i would say okay um and I feel like that's when people are finally starting to mature like a tiny bit before you're about to go to university. So it changes yeah, yeah. things a bit. For sure. And coming into it, grade eight. Wait, did you, did you guys, do you guys have like elementary school, grade eight and grade nine? Or was it just high school from grade eight? Um, we have, uh, what is it? It's like grade one to five, six to eight, nine to 12. 
six to eight, nine to twelve. Oh, okay. So strange. like middle school, middle school and high school. I feel like in Canada, that's mostly how it is. Mm. Okay, if you had to sum up your high school persona, I feel like we do kind of take on personas in, in high school and like to, to, to maybe manage with the insecurity or whatever. What would you? Mm -hmm. So how would you sum up yours? My persona in high school, like in a <laughs> word. Uh, however you want to, I guess. Like in a word, sure. Okay, well, that I can't do that, so I'm gonna give a, <laughs> a sentence, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, my persona in high school. I can ask better questions. I can I can give you more detail if you want. Yeah, give me more detail on that. Okay, were were you popular? Uh, I would. Oh, on a sociable level. That, but yes, I would say in grades in eleven and twelve, yes. And what about grade eight and grade nine? Those are formative years. Grade eight, nine, and maybe early part of grade ten, definitely no. Oh really? Mm hmm. Okay. Um, what do you think? What do you think happened in between? I think I got less ugly. Probably is what <laughs> is what <laughs> happened. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, That's let me. Well, let, me, let <laughs> yeah. me paint. Let me paint a picture for you. Like in grade eight, nine, ten, I had a bob cut and white hair with like black roots because I dyed my hair with sun in one summer and my mom wouldn't let me go to the hairdresser and fix it so I a there was that and I also had braces and it just generally things were not they, it was not it why would things were not you, good why wouldn't Trixie let you go to the hairdresser <laughs> she was like well it's your mistake like I'm not paying $200 to fix you bleaching your hair <laughs> That's also such yeah. a crazy move from a grade eight or what grade nine that you decided to bleach your hair. Well, it's like a spray that you use in the summer, and I just like soaked my head in it, and then I was like, "Well, this is, this is it. <laughs> this this has been the deciding factor for the next three years of my life." And, oh yeah. my gosh! So <laughs> Were you yeah. more an introvert or an extrovert? Would you say? I feel like I'm always I've always been a bit more of a an introvert. I've never been like a massive fan of small talk with people I don't know and like going to mm. parties with people I don't know. I just prefer a closer circle of friends, I would say. Mm. Yeah. And but within that friend group, then not an introvert. It's just I don't love like, you know, meeting <laughs> meeting new people. That makes me sound such like yeah, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, no, but... no, I I feel the same way to be honest. Yeah. It's just like more of an effort, and I feel like it's definitely a good thing yeah. to do, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, were, you, were you quite creative in high school or not really? Oh, God, no, I, I'm, not a creative, <laughs> I'm not a creative person. I'm not artistic. I actually remember specifically this one time in grade nine. I mean, I know creativity isn't just being artistic, but for example, like in my art class at the end of the year, my teacher pulled me into his office and asked me if I was artistically dyslexic, which I don't even think is a thing. Oh like <laughs> to this oh day, gosh. like I don't think that's a thing. And so, yeah, that's yeah. a small a small window into my lack of creative abilities. I oh. am okay. That just reminded me of, of of a little incident in my high school as well. Sam, did you ever sing in the choir? Actually, I don't remember if this was high school or if it was primary school. No. Okay, no, I think it might. I think it might have been in in primary, or like beginning of high school. We used to <clears throat> that suddenly, like I mean, we had a very very small school, and um, suddenly they wanted a choir, and they everyone had to like try out for the choir. 
Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrifying. It, it, it was. And then like you'd have to go in like one by one and then he would like play the piano. You had to like sing, sing the note type thing. Um, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> that's like my worst nightmare. I would, I would drop out. I would drop out <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, I would. I would faint before I had to do that. That would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, so like I, I got I got on because I think I, my voice hadn't broken yet. <laughs> and no, yeah, I'm sad. just imagine me on the damn choir. Um, no, that's so funny. So then, like we and we were like practicing the one day, and um, I think this must have been the transition into high school, and we're like all just singing this like nice I don't know, we, like I think the song was even a different language or something like that. But everyone was singing so nice, and then. <clears throat> like literally in the middle of the song, he just stops. The guy playing the piano was, was also our teacher. He stops playing the piano and then and then he starts again and then he stops and then he points to me and he's like, he tells me to come forward in front of the whole choir. And he goes, uh, I, think, I think you're off. And then he plays oh a, a note. He plays a note and I have to sing to, so, that, so that he he can hear if I'm off or not. And he says, yeah. Oh my God. And, he says, oh, and, no. and then that's how, that was the end of my choir experience. That is cruel. That is so cruel. Yeah, that's pretty hectic, Jake. That's something I will never forget. Mr. Yeah. Schwartz. What a dwissy. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I get, I get, I get his, his, his reasoning. You can't have someone whose voice is breaking in the... But he could have approached it a little better. Well, he yeah, could have he asked have you, like... single you out like that. Yeah, or come after class or something. <laughs> yeah, that was... Well, that's how I remember it, like... Very clearly, I could be wrong, but like that's clearly how I remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, that was... How did everyone else react to that? I, honestly, I, you? I just feel, <laughs> I just feel, I just felt like I, I think I blacked out at that stage and just like I'm not, I, I don't want to handle any. It was, it yeah. Was, it was fairly yeah. traumatic. Tunnel vision. Yeah, literally, that that's what 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 went down. Um, but to transition back to you, mm-hmm. uh, would you consider yourself a smart person in high school? Um, yes, I, I actually did really, well, quite poorly in school from most of the time up until grade 12, (laughs) to be honest, I just didn't try. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically, like after getting my final grade 11 report card, Mm -hmm. and keep in mind, I mean, I wasn't getting F's, my parents are quite strict about grades, so I was probably getting B's and C's, like that's not bad, I know that, but yeah. I remember getting my final report card and my parents sitting me down and being like, you're never going to get anywhere in life. Like, you're not going to get a good job. You're not going to get into university. And so I was like, well, I guess I was about to swear. I'm not allowed to swear on this, am I? No, you can. You can swear. Okay, good to know. Anyways, so I specifically remember them telling me that. And I was like, well, fuck, like, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be a failure. So then in grade 12, I, I, I think I'm smart, but I don't think I'm that smart. Like, I actually had to work really, really hard to get yeah. good grades. Um, like really hard to get good grades. So yes, tentative yes. I know I'm not dumb, but I also feel like I had to work a lot harder okay. than some people who would have gotten the same grades, if that makes yeah. sense. That, that, that resonates a lot with me. I was literally the same. Like did not care up until like grade eight, grade 11, you start thinking about it, but you don't really put in the effort. And then all of a sudden matric comes around. You're like, oh, I haven't been working for the last like bit of my high school. Now I need to actually focus. Exactly. going to feel like. Yeah, I get, I yeah. Get <laughs> Were you quite structured or more like messy in high school? Messy. I've always been me- more messy, for sure. 
okay. <laughs> I I feel like in grade 12 though, I was very structured about my work habits, but uh, no, yeah. I'm definitely a messy person and my mom is the opposite. So I don't know how I turned out that way, but yeah. And, and, and Michael? Um, my dad's probably more similar to me, but he's he's kept in line by by my mom in terms of messiness. So I thought like I really had the impression that you were more of a structured person in high school. No, I don't. What gave you that impression? I don't know. You, because no, not I mean, really. Because you like I don't know. And my assumption is someone who studies something like a profession that is, or like, like that is respected, uh, would mm. just have their life together in terms of just being structured and like. So, so it, it structured in terms of also, were, were you like, could you plan, did you plan things? Like, were you like goal orientated in high school? Like meeting the goals was important? No. Oh, really? No. Only, I'm, I swear, like only in grade 12, I became, I became like that because I had to, because I know I wanted to get into a specific school. So oh. that's, and it was only, it's only my work ethic really that is structured or was mm -hmm. structured. Fair enough. Do you yeah. feel like uh, through puberty? Do you feel like your experience of puberty was you came through uh, relatively unscathed, or was it more unpleasant? Well, I went through puberty when I was like seventeen, <laughs> like a really late developer. So I feel like I came out unscathed. I would say, but okay, yeah. I mean, that that's 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 so weird how that happens. We had it we, is. we we spoke to someone uh, a while ago who said she like had her period in grade four. So, oh my god, that's early. But yeah, it yeah, that, it changes. Yeah, that, it's so I don't understand how that works. But anyway, I, I probably that's probably that's why I didn't study medicine. Um, yeah, I don't know <laughs> genetics, I suppose. <laughs> uh, do you think high school, like the the school system in general, did it enough to prepare you for that sort of um, period in your life? Um, like you prepare me for university, or no, no. no. No, uh, so like coming coming into adolescence. Mm -hmm. Um, no, not school specifically. No, I mean, I feel like it had very little to do with that. I yeah, think. Yeah. Do you guys have like? Did you guys have like a like life orientation or or something like that? They would like. Yeah, but I mean, when we were when we were younger, like in grade like six, seven, we'd have we'd call it the talk. But yeah. I mean. Mm -hmm. I, I think everyone at that age, they just, we were all like giggling about it. You don't actually listen. Yeah. You just laugh about it because it's like taboo to talk about, I suppose. Yeah, I also think like, I think the reason that like we asked this is because my, my opinion on, is, on it is that it's a, it's a place that we need to be more prepared for, almost. Probably, yeah. I think it's hard to do that in school though, like if you have a teacher talking to you about stuff like that when you're what 11 I, I don't know I don't know what if there's a better way to do it because I don't think people will necessarily listen when they're that young okay fair enough uh, yeah. yeah yeah I guess it comes down to the approach um yeah I see what you mean yeah. it's, it's easy like to say but like or even if you do it the right way are they gonna listen to what you exactly have? exactly mm. yeah um uh what 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 was the more important thing to you in high school? Like, where did you lean most towards? Which aspect? What do you mean? Well, if you had to choose, I mean, like, like, uh, like sports or academics or uh, like social life. What do you think was um, more important? Social life. I am not athletic in the least. I rode horses like all throughout school. So that was my extracurricular but I feel like definitely 
uh, up until grade 12, it was more of a social okay. life that I would mm. strive for, sometimes not succeed, but that's definitely what I was thinking about more than anything, yeah. So, so, okay. what, what, so it was a good balance between horse riding and, and, and a sociable life, or, not, or what was more important? Um, it was, I think good, it was a good balance. I mean, I, I loved, like, I, had, I was lucky enough to have my own horse in high school, so I, that was, like, a massive part of my life, but I feel like, because I loved it so much, it was, like, easy, it's easy to balance, you know? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. was it quite serious? Yeah, I would say so, yeah, I mean, especially as I got a bit older, it was quite serious, and I think if I hadn't gone into the school that I did, I would have taken a year like a gap year in between high school and university and tried to do it more seriously but I mean I got into school so that wasn't something I had to think about but I think I would have pursued it more for sure oh really yeah what about what about horse riding was it was it what about horse riding did you enjoy well obviously I mean I love animals lame answer but I yeah I just loved being around animals and then like I said, I'm not, I've never been athletic. I, and it was just something that I was good at. Mm. Um, so I just loved it. I just loved everything about it. And like the, I don't know, it was mostly just being around animals, I guess. And I did it since I was like six or seven. So I grew up doing it as well. Um, you think, so just you always... think like having a, like a single sport was a, like, I mean, if, if you say you weren't very athletic, and, and, and in horse riding was something you were good at. You think it was just having a sport that you were good at is why you enjoyed it? Or is that part just... of it. Part okay. of it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can always just, like, if you enjoy animals, you can just spend more time with your dog. But, you, like, you chose horse riding. Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, it is it is active, and there's a lot of, like, responsibility that comes with it, too. So I just liked all of it, yeah. So did you did you see your... I mean, at, maybe did, at the time, did you ever see yourself pursuing it like, as a as some sort of maybe side career or like a, any future in horse riding? I wouldn't say as a career, no. I I think you have to have, like to make a career, I don't know, this might be really ignorant of me, but I think to make a career out of it, you have to have like a lot of money um, to invest into it. And then okay. um, I, I think by pursuing it, I mean, I would have like tried to be a, a a groom for someone and gone into it that way not like the oh. actual riding part of it yeah because oh, okay, I well. yeah I don't think I would have like made it big <laughs> but I think yeah I just mean become more involved that way and then see where it where it took me I suppose oh wow okay so you yeah. did see kind of a future in it somehow yeah in some aspect yeah but okay. I mean now I don't do it at all so I guess that's right. pretty telling yeah but I, think I mean the horse riding might have influenced you to pursue the animal thing more or is that something um, that was always there that's i mean my answer yeah that's a pretty cliche answer on my part but it's something in terms of vet stuff that's something i always knew i wanted to do you know when little kids or little girls are like i want to be a vet and then they grow out of it yeah. and most people don't do it i just never grew out of it i guess and yeah it was the only thing i really wanted to do so maybe uh horse riding like made it more of a encouraged it a bit more yeah so you probably. had it before and then you started horse riding and you're like well i do like animals quite a bit yeah yeah i would say so um uh, what kind of influence sorry what kind yeah. of influenced um 
did your parents have on you during high school? Um, I would say largely a very positive one. I mean, I'm lucky and I have a great relationship with my parents. So uh, I think at the time, I think they were quite like relatively strict. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember one specific instant, like when I was in grade 10 or 11 or something like that, there was some kids in my grade were going out to like play late. I don't can't remember some, I don't even know, do something like at, at 11 p.m. at night, like outside on one of the golf courses in Victoria. And I would like asked if I could go and they said no, obviously. I mean, looking back on it now, I don't know why they would have ever said yes. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking they're like the worst people in the world and like <laughs> <laughs> ruining my life. So from, from that aspect, I think we fought in high school, but for all the normal reasons. And then obviously they're a big part yeah. of why I got into that school because they pushed me to get better grades and at the time again I was like oh this is terrible they're terrible people but it was never terrible it was always mm. the, the right thing so only a positive influence really I would say from my parents for sure and is that something that you're quite grateful for oh yeah very very much yeah. so I'm very grateful to have a good good relationship with my parents for sure because um, I know a lot of my, like some of my friends do not and I just yeah it just makes you feel lucky for sure how involved were they in the, in like your plans for uh, coming out of high school? Um, I think, I don't know, the only way they were involved is getting me to get better grades. Because I mean, I knew what I wanted to do. They knew what I wanted to do. So the way that we're in, they were involved was getting me to get better grades, really. And then the rest was, was up to me, like what I wanted, where I wanted to go. Um, and all okay. that. So they always knew I wanted to get into to vet school. So it's not like they influenced me to do that. They kind of just supported it by forcing me to get better grades. Mm. So, okay. um, I mean, from what it sounds like, from what you said, it sounds like your high school self, like you, you took the advice. I mean, yeah, maybe in high school, how significant was their advice for you? Did you like, did you value it quite a bit? I did uh, after that, after grade 11 in that one job where they're like, you're not going anywhere. I, I yeah. certainly did. I think it, I don't know, a lot of it is the normal teenage stuff where you're like, oh, my parents don't know anything about my life or whatever. Sure. And so you just yeah. disregard it. But probably subconsciously, a lot of it goes in, I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess like it depends on like who else is helping you shape your your future. I mean, it's either mm. you listen to them or you listen to yourself and like... Exactly. Yeah. Unless you had like a significant mentor or teacher. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay. No. So you mentioned that um, you wanted to be a vet from quite early on. Do you mm -hmm. remember which age exactly that you started thinking seriously about uh, becoming a vet in particular? Um, not specifically I mean honestly my whole life I wanted I wanted to to do it and then as I was getting to the age where you actually need to decide what you want to do that was obviously still number one in my mind and then I when I'd think about what other options are there I'd be like well there's nothing like I don't know what I would do if I didn't get into vet school like there's there's mm. a, never been anything else honestly um, never so like, I think, oh. sorry I never what no go on you never like encouraged by your dad or from what he was doing or anything like that 
Uh, no, I've always been like extremely squeamish with human medicine, so that's never something I even considered. I I couldn't have done it. Oh, yeah, interesting. And no, he that's, didn't. That's, he never yeah. like he never like pushed me in that direction. Definitely not. Okay. Um. And you and uh, what like. So I'm just trying to understand. Was it always like, it was it always the plan? And like because you never had any like contingencies, you were just like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do because I I don't see myself in any other line of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, pretty, it was always pretty, like a solid, always a solid plan. Always a solid plan. Which yeah, you worded it pretty spot on. It's always been a solid plan, which I feel very grateful for. Yeah, jeepers. Yeah, I. I mean, and I mean, also, I'm like, I'm very privileged that I was able to go to school, you know, in the UK, like my, my dad paid for my first two years of school, and then I paid for the last three. So, mm. I mean, without, yes, I'm lucky that I always knew what I wanted to do. But I'm also very, you know what I mean? I'm privileged yeah, 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 yeah. that I was like, actually sure. able to do it. I think yeah. if there, if there wasn't an option for me to do it, then obviously, I would have had to think of something else. But that was never that sounds like really pompous of me but you know what I'm I mean oh, like not at all. there was there was I think if I was forced to think of an, another option I obviously would have but I was never forced to think of another option which I feel very grateful for yeah that's cool um what do you think uh about your personality at this stage made it clear that this was like the right decision this is just like because I feel squirmish about humans so do dogs are the right way to go um what what do you mean? I don't really. What do you mean? I don't know. I I feel like at, at at that stage there has to be something about you that's like maybe maybe this is my assumption to to like know what you want to do and to be like consistent with it. Like the the profession has to somewhat align with your um personality. Like there has to be something. Yeah. Okay. You're like... Yeah. Um. Well, I feel like you obviously have to be compassionate towards animals and like Animal, I know my whole yeah. I, I like I remember I don't know why I'm thinking this specific incident but I think in it was when I was in first year my whole family went to to Costa Rica on like a holiday and there were mm. a lot of street dogs there and like every time I'd see a hurt dog or something like that I'd cry the crybaby that I am and then my brother would be like why do you get so upset like you you, you know they don't know they don't know what's happening and I was like yes that's exactly the point like they don't know how to help themselves in a lot of ways so that's why I want to help them that sounds oh, super cool. cliche when I'm saying it out loud but no I it's, like that it's true I like that it's that's like cool. they can't help themselves pretty much so that's yeah compassionate okay. I suppose yeah that's a good answer was there any any doubt at all about uh your career choice during high school not during high school, but during university, yes. Um, I Whoa. so. We'll we'll get yeah? to, to university just. Oh, now. okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. my answer is then no, not during high school. There's like no no doubt, especially once I got in. There's no doubt, okay. definitely not. Okay. Yeah. That's that's quite crazy. Yeah, that is actually that's, really crazy. You know that almost yeah. almost mo like majority of people we've spoken to have been like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah no, most I'm, people I'm, didn't even like have an idea of what they wanted to go into. Yeah, like, I definitely feel like yeah, that's it's... more common for sure. 
you're a yeah, bit of an yeah. anomaly. I mean, um, yeah, among my, my friends as well. Like, that's what, I mean, that's what an undergrad is for in a lot of ways, to figure out what you like. So yeah. I, I think that's mm. definitely more common. That's true. But, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's quite a blessing to have known so early on, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but in that way, yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah. grateful for that, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. So, um... Leaving high school, what were, what were your plans? Did you go straight into university? Um, I did. So I was born and raised in the same place in, in Canada. And then the vet school, I applied to a few vet schools. The vet school that I got into was in, in Scotland, in Edinburgh. So I went, oh. I graduated in June and then went there in early September of 2014, I think. And that was like terrifying. Um, it was, I still remember the plane ride from Vancouver to London is like nine hours and I'm pretty sure I cried the entire time Jeepers. and yeah, it was, it was super hard, but yeah, I went straight from, from high school. So your parent, who made the decision to go overseas though? Like where did that come from? Um, I did because, so in North America, you have to do an undergrad first, like three or four years of mostly sciences and and then you have to apply to vet school and to get into vet school in Canada it's I think there's one in Calgary and Ontario and Saskatchewan and maybe one in PEI or something but they only take a certain number of people oh. and I think the year that I was applying the only school I could apply to was in Saskatoon <laughs> and I mean this is all after I'd done my theoretical undergrad right so and then at that point they were only taking seven people from bc or something ridiculous like that and i was like those chances are just so yeah, slim when and then if you go to the us you have to do an undergrad but if you go to the uk you go it's five years instead of four but you go right out of high school and if you know what you if i knew what i wanted to do i was like well why would i not just do that oh yeah 100 percent. yeah is I, I didn't realize it was such a competitive profession though you were like the only person i've ever ever heard that's a, that's a vet um, to get into vet school in Canada, yeah, it's it's I, I would say it's difficult to, to get into for sure. I mean, in Canada, it's just super competitive in terms of how many people they let in from each province. I mean, the vet school, I don't know if this has changed now, but the vet school in Calgary, you could only apply if you're from Alberta, like a resident of Alberta oh and the same for Ontario. And then if you to become a resident, you had to live there for a full year, not going to school. And I was like, well, I'm not going to move there and work somewhere I don't want to be yeah, for a yeah. full year before you can even apply. So it just didn't make any sense to, to think about that option. Oh, OK. You, yeah. It does sound like you made the right choice. Yeah. So what kind of expectations did you have going into university? Um, well, I definitely didn't think it would be as hard as it was and not I'm not talking about academically I mean like adjusting to a new place it was way harder than I thought I mean this is very naive but I was like oh like they speak English in the UK it'll be the same like it'll be very similar it's not <laughs> and I found it really really hard to adjust and I was 17 when I moved the drinking age in the UK is 18 I didn't have a fake ID so the main way you meet people well a lot of people and I think, Jake, we've talked about this before, but yeah, is like going out and drinking. And when you can't go out, yeah. then it's a huge, it inhibits a lot, obviously. And then also I found in the UK, there's a lot more of like a clubbing culture than, oh, yeah. than in Canada. Like I feel like my friends 
going to university here, yeah, you would go clubbing, but it would be a lot of house parties and stuff. And mm. in the UK, it's like a lot of clubs where you can't, you don't talk, you know, it's, and it's just not, never been my thing. So it's I feel like that was also hard. Scene. It's a different oh, scene. Yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. Even for us, I mean, I don't know about you, Sam, but like where we are from, like there's almost like, you can't go out anywhere. It's so small. And then we moved to Cape Town and everyone just goes in clubs. And like mm. the first club we went to was that, I mean, I don't know if this was the first one, but I just recall like, remember Vice, Sam? Yeah, I remember Vice. It, it was like an, it was like an underground club and it's just like, it's the most intense thing you've ever been to. And we used to always yeah. go there. And it's it so weird because scary. like, it's so, it's super dodgy, but like, how do you interact with someone on a, on a in a club is like the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Just shout into their yeah. Ear. Exactly. Exactly. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, no. I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So uh, and then, you know, everyone makes their initial group of friends through that first little bit, and if you're not going out, then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. And if you don't know how to make friends in a club, then you're also kind of screwed. Yeah. So that social yeah it was it was tough like honestly I was lucky to meet I mean still one of my best friends today um in the first week of school you met her Jake Camille um she lives in New York now but I was lucky enough to meet her and then um I just found it so difficult and not from the academic perspective like it was I would say honestly the first three years I was not happy (laughs) to be frank it was so that part was so hard for me i mean i feel like i resonate a lot with that but um so but say expectations though you you did you have like do you have expectations for your for it at all do you think it was going to be like this amazing experience yes absolutely i thought i was gonna make friends and it would be super easy and like i would be super happy and you're living on a different continent like oh look how cool and like mature that is but it was the opposite like I had good expectations and then it was the opposite pretty much okay okay yeah yeah so looking back on that decision to make such a big move uh, mm-hmm. is that are you like are you glad that you you made that decision and just pushed through those those like first three years that you were unhappy yeah, I'm su- super, looking back now, like, I'm so glad that I did it. Mm. But at the time, like, if you'd asked me in the first three years of school, like, I, I tried to drop out in second year because I was, oh, to be honest, I was, like, so miserable. I tried to drop out and my parents were like, you'll regret it. I mean, obviously, you can come home if you want, but you'll regret it, blah, blah, blah. And so I... I stuck with it and looking back now I'm so happy that I did but if you asked me at the time like I would have taken any opportunity to to drop out and go home for sure like I was actively I talked to like my academic advisor at school and like actively sought out other other options in second year because I was so unhappy wait were you unhappy in the in the in the in the content I just sort of cat <laughs> I know she's yeah she's she's outside with me here the, the birds um, are going crazy and then I hear a cat I'm like wait what I know she's she's on the hunt she's bought in like a fat rat the other day it was just an oh, alive God. lizard the other morning anyways um um what was I saying I lost my train of thought I also lo- I also completely forgot what I said um <laughs> what Sam, I do you remember <laughs> Sam come on um 
No. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. We were talking about. I remember. I, I was, I, I was gonna, I, I, I was asking whether it was the content or the people that. Oh, were yeah. Right. Um, it was not the content. I mean, I worked super hard, and like I, I passed and everything. It, it wasn't the content. It was like, like honestly. I was probably depressed for a lot. I don't know if this is too deep for your podcast. No, no, just, we talked. Just we've talked let about me know. Before. We've talked about. But this I think I was like super. I was really depressed. I was like so unhappy, mm-hmm. and it was not the content. It was just like in myself. I was so unhappy and far away from home. Okay. And then I also think it didn't help. Like when I came back for the summer after first year, I got into a relationship, and he went to school in London, Ontario, in Canada. And then I think the you know anxiety of being so far from home coupled with a like pretty extreme long distance relationship was like not a good combination yeah um and probably being in that relationship and we we dated for three years um long distance and being in that relationship definitely compounded my my unhappiness because I just wanted to be where he was for sure um and I couldn't be so I think that probably made a big difference as well yeah that's crazy yeah. Um, like the whole move and everything, it's it's a big life decision for yourself. Even if you were encouraged, jeepers, even if you were uh, encouraged by like your parents or whatever, um, it just it, it it seems like something that would make you grow up very fast. But mm-hmm. I think in your state of mind, like where you were, it's obviously also a hard thing to 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 allow yourself to do to grow up. It, it, it was. It sounds like it was almost an intermission between you letting yourself grow in that space of like, okay, this is my own decision. I don't know if I'm making any sense right now. Um, not really, to be honest. I don't really get what you're, what you're saying. Gosh, no. I just, it's just like the move there is a big move, right? It is, and, yeah. And it kind of forces you to grow up. Correct. Yeah. Do you feel like that period you it, it forced you to grow up, or do you think it it took a bit of time for you to to accept that you needed to like uh, allow yourself time to grow? Um, I think probably a bit of both. I think moving, I mean, to university wherever it is, like however far, however close to home, makes you grow up regardless. Okay. Um, for for anyone, I mean, I think that matures you quite a bit, and then. Um, but I feel like you had to grow up faster than the rest of us because you decided to go somewhere very far from home. Maybe, and I don't know if I, I did. Maybe I, I, It certainly matured me faster than I think if I'd gone to school in Victoria, but I was still like pretty reliant on my, my parents for emotional support for yeah. a long time. I, I But yes, I do think it, it makes you grow up pretty, pretty fast, but I mean, at the same time, you're still 17, 18. Like, there's only so much maturing you can do. Um, fair, in a certain enough. amount of time, but it definitely did mature me over the the five years to a lot. Yes, I would say. Do you think that that, that like kind of reliance on yourself, that, that that the need to rely on yourself at university was quite a was also weighed into you not like you kind of feeling sad about it? Yes, and I think when I I mean when I was in that relationship that I, I previously mentioned, I think I relied like. A lot on that for emotional support and then when we broke up then it was honestly a good thing like you have to learn then you have to learn I think yeah. that's any relationship you have to learn to to like 
just have yourself and again this sounds so lame and like be fine with it yeah yeah, yeah. um I feel like that's a really important thing to do so I feel like it's just a bit of a process like leaning on different people as you as you go through it but um ultimately yeah it has to come from yourself and I feel like when I was like able to do that was when I finally became like happy with the situation that I was in yeah, and I, I think the reason I asked it is because I kind of I kind of see myself in that first year of, of university and like in a similar space, like because I I'd broken up with my girlfriend at that stage or we'd broken up at that stage and also I'd left home and gone to another area and all of a mm-hmm. sudden like all the, there's all this there isn't I don't want to say you all of a sudden have to do all the shit for yourself now. Yeah, where, where you had you always had that safety net in, beforehand. Exactly. And I feel like for me, I think that was the scary part, and also why I was like why I struggled in my first and second years because there's such a big shift, and you don't really know how to handle all the the shit that's happening now because you don't oh, have sure. anyone to rely on. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's probably a universal experience when people go into university that's like a huge part of it and that's what makes you grow up but but at the same time i've never heard anyone tell me that before and like really and I, no one's ever told me like the, f- the first year of universities it's, i mean obviously they say it's a shift but they never say oh, like you're gonna be you're not gonna know what i mean it, it felt like i was going into grade eight and grade nine all over again yeah 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 i guess no. that's true mm. yeah um okay but anyways I, we've been i got a bit off topic there um no it's okay how how did the first year pan out though like i guess we kind of uh, we kind of kind of covered that already um yeah yeah i think so and, and and was it the space you expected it to be the space like i mean in terms of your in terms of your your class like in, mm-hmm. in terms of the content was it what you wanted it to be yes the the content was what i expected yeah definitely and and the the same maybe outside of a sociable factor, do you feel like your the people in your class kind of aligned with your thinking of, of, of and like your passions and stuff? Um, it's a weird question, but no, it's not a weird weird question. Um, yes and no. I feel like the close group of friends that I made, yes. Um, but honestly, looking back on it now, the, the friends other than Camille, uh, who I talked about before, the friends that I had in the first four years were probably not the right friends for me and probably part of a reason why I was unhappy. And in final mm-hmm. year, so in, in our final year, we go and work in the in the hospital for the, the year and we have our rotation groups. And um, I had six girls and myself in my rotation group and they became like we became such good friends and then once I became friends with them I was like oh god maybe I've been not nothing against those other people but I think at that time I was like well I think I've been with the long group of friends for the past four years and then especially in my final year like I was so happy and made and they were just such good friends for me so I feel like if I'd met those people earlier Mm. it would have been a different Mm. experience and I feel like they definitely aligned with more how I think than the friends I had initially and I mean, For obviously, sure. it's it was a big, it was like 170 people, so you're not going to relate to all of them. And mm. I feel like I definitely didn't relate to all of them, but some of them I definitely did. Mm-hmm. And mm. yeah, it, it seems like, the, I mean, I think it's it, it's a consistent theme for everyone is like, if you have people in your life that you can rely on, 
and people that like are important to you if you find like friends that are important to you you tend to be a little happier oh for sure yeah absolutely it, it's just like finding the friends is the hard part exactly um, yeah finding the friends is the hard part for sure you you did mention that um you had quite a hard time in those first three years mm -hmm. but um was that sort of desire to work with animals and become a vet was that still there all the time or was that hindered a little bit it was hindered for sure um okay i mean i still knew i wanted to do it but the whole time i mean when you're in third you know you've done three years of school and you still have another two to go i'm like oh my god how like is this and when you're feeling that unhappy it's like is this even mm. worth it and like yeah. that's not to say i didn't want to do it but i didn't necessarily want to go through the next the next two years, if that makes any sense. So it, it did yeah. under... What was the motivation to push through that? Well, I feel like ultimately it was like the end result of like having a career that I wanted after. But I feel like in some ways, like I'm very... I mean, this may be very contradictory because of all that I was just saying about wanting to drop out. But in some ways, like I'm very stubborn and mm. I as close as I came to doing it, I don't think I would have ever actually gone through with it because it, and then, yeah, I feel like it's just, uh, you, as sad as it sounds, I just became used to like how I felt yeah. over there. And that was like my new yeah. normal by third year. And then when things started changing, I was like, okay, like life has, isn't like meant to be like this. So that's when it, it changed. But yeah, at the time, I don't know if I could have actually let myself drop out as much as I wanted to. Mm. So your stubbornness kept you going. Yeah, and my and my parents, to be honest, as oh, well. Yeah. Huge, huge credit to them. That's cool. I think we we need to credit our parents more in life. Yeah. They've like, been way too much shit. Oh yeah, like I remember, I would FaceTime my mom, like literally every single night. Like, and because the time difference, it was in like the middle of her day, and she would still pick up every day and like talk to me for however long like I needed to. So I have so to cool. cre credit them obviously as well. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are in that boat, though, because university is, is super scary. Mm -hmm. Like, not everyone just, like, finds their group of friends and just, like, is just figures shit out early on. A lot of people don't, and a lot of people need to phone their, their parents. And, like, if you have that safety net, like, I feel like this is, that's just a good way of dealing with it. No, oh, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like that's when times like that it's like you feel so grateful to have a good relationship with your parents if you if you do because i know not everyone is lucky like yeah. that but yeah if you do that's obviously a huge support system did you have any other like outlets for yourself in in, in university did you like did you have like committees or like cl clubs or maybe a sport or were you just like i, I don't have time um you I struggle to find the time. Okay. I still like placed a big important, like I got really into spinning, like spin classes and, and yoga. So like, I feel like working out was a great outlet, but I, I, there's so much schoolwork. It's hard to find the time to, you know, spend time with your friends yeah. and exercise and do schoolwork. And right. which I feel like is a lot of people feel like that for any course that they're in. But um, sure. yeah, it was mostly school. Oh, hectic. Yeah. And I guess... Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, that's no, fine. Don't worry. Go, Sam. Okay, so switching to the end of university and uh, into sort of working 
when mm-hmm. when did you get your first bit of um, vet work experience? Um, so through like from third to fifth year, you have to have 26 weeks of work experience, unpaid work experience in vet hospitals. So that's you do that throughout your like your spring break and your summer break and Christmas oh, okay. break. Oh, okay. So it was like spread out throughout the years. And then by the time you're in finally or you've done most of it and then you're working in the in the hospital. So you're spending most of your time in in a clinic. Um, but yeah, you have to do 26 weeks of work experience outside of school um, as well. So, OK, where, where yeah. was so you did that in the UK. I didn't do any of it in the UK. I did a bunch of it in Toronto um, and some of it in Victoria. And where oh, was okay. the first place you worked? As like an actual job. I know where is the first bit of uni work you did? Uh, I, it must have been in Toronto. I can't remember specifically, but I, I think oh. it would have been in Toronto or maybe maybe London, Ontario, some somewhere in Ontario for sure. Why Ontario? Because that's where my ex boyfriend lived, so I would go there like in my oh, breaks and stuff like that's that. Clever. Yeah. Um, and what kind of stuff did you do at that point? Um, at that point, it's. I mean, you were just shadowing a vet and you do anything that they'll let you do so like blood draws and injections and some of them let you neuter dogs some of them let you spay dogs it totally how much you do depends on like who you're working with um, or working for or whatever so um, it's just whatever the vet is doing you either shadow and you do like the little bits that you can in order to get hands-on work experience okay Mm. yeah and how did you how did you feel about that experience was that quite exciting yeah, it was is pretty nerve wracking. I mean, the best work experience that I had is the job that I currently have now. So I did when I was a student, I did um, a few weeks of work experience with my current boss, but I was obviously a student then and he let me do a lot. And he it, that was definitely my favorite work experience. Um, and he's he actually went to the same school, vet school that I did. And he's from Edinburgh, which is funny. Um so that was definitely my favorite. He was like, let me do a lot. And he is good at teaching and he's very patient. And I mean, to this day, I ask him like 20 questions a day and he never actually minds. So that was definitely my favorite. Was that the second uh, bit of, well, wait, with, with this guy, was that the second bit of work experience or? or? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the other one that I texted you about, that's in First and second year, you have to do animal husbandry experience, which I hated. It's it's nothing to do with that stuff. I had to go to a dairy farm and work on a dairy farm for two weeks. And then I had to go to a sheep farm and do lambing for two weeks. And then you have to go to a pig farm for a week and do whatever the hell stuff you do with pigs on a pig farm. <laughs> and a chicken farm and then something That's with amazing. dogs and cats. So th- that part was in the beginning part of university. That's what you had to do with your summers. Uh mm. <laughs> just the idea of you working on those farms is just so funny for me okay i dare working on a dairy farm that was actually like probably the lowest point <laughs> like i don't know if you guys know what like milking cows looks like but you're you're in a pit and the cows are all above you and you're like attaching these machines to their udders to collect the milk and they're like shitting on you and like peeing on you. I'm not kidding. I got cat. This is this guy. This might be too gross for your podcast. No, no, go but for it. Go for it. They shit on you, and I got cow shit in my mouth, and then I got so sick for four <laughs> days. I I lost like 13 pounds in four days because they couldn't stop puking, and then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 
that yeah that's what it's like working on a dairy farm and honestly still bitter about it <laughs> to this day <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's and then lambing is a odd experience as well some people love it but it wasn't my favorite thing either what is what is lambing um you help you're so it's in like march april every year obviously the uk has like a huge sheep industry mm-hmm. and so that's the time when all the lambs are having or sorry the sheep are having their babies and um you have to like help them deliver their babies and oh, okay and like look after the babies and stuff like that mm. yeah okay interesting yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um what would you say was your favorite animal to work with um and your least favorite animal my least favorite is cows and my favorite is dogs and has always been probably always no, 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 no. Let, let, let's take dogs out of the picture but but just for the the husbandry work like with mm-hmm. the wait was was husbandry work on the farms um and like in dog kennels and stuff like that and cat, okay, cat let's kennels say, and... if you had to choose just on on the farms what would it be oh god um my favorite farm animal would horses then <laughs> does that count <laughs> did you didn't work with horses did you okay no so it would be <sighs> probably pigs oh really why pigs yeah. they're just very they're smart and i i just oh, like them and i got to work with like the babies and piglets are very cute so that that's would be true. my favorite yeah pigs are a great animal um <laughs> like uh, during the first bit of work experience do you feel like you it helped you piece together your your plan a bit better oh for sure because when i when i went out of high school as i wanted to do large animal work and then after i did that i was like nope won't be doing that so it definitely shaped shaped that as soon as the cow shits in your mouth you're like yeah i was like i'm out i'm not doing this um but like so the first bit how how far into your uh, university was the first bit of work experience? Um, it would would have been after first year and in, and throughout second year. Did this help, like, with your? Because you said you were you had doubts, but like going in the summers and working, did it help with like the vision? Um, it helped. Well, like I said, it helped what I did and didn't want to do. Um, yeah. That's I can't say what, like, when I was working on that dairy farm and stuff, I can't say that motivated me that I was doing the right thing. Okay. But then, obviously, the other experiences did. So, yes and no. Um, so, can you talk us through the next period of of work experience? Like, when when did that come about? Um, like, the clinical stuff? Yeah. The working in vet clinics? Um, so, that was, like, all the way from third year until until fifth year. And that I, I liked, like I got some really cool opportunities. I did like a spay neuter clinic in, in India. Um, and I got to go down to California and work in a, in Davis, California and do like small animal internal medicine, which was very, very cool. Um, so stuff like that was was great. I, I loved that, that part of it. Um, so it present, presents you some pretty cool opportunities. And then I went, I was in North Carolina for a little bit as well, doing another spay neuter clinic. So going to all those different places and getting to do something that you liked was was great. How did you get how did you get those jobs? Like how um you you the India one was a grad present from my parents, so you have to pay to do that one. And that's like high volume neuter and spaying. So you're doing like three spays and like four or five neuters every day. So it's just great surgical experience. And then 
the North mm-hmm. Carolina one, I apply, you have to, like, I had to apply for and like, yeah, write an application and then you get accepted into that. Um, oh, and cool. the UC Davis one was the same. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Must be a very yeah. exciting period. Yeah, that was great. I, I loved all that. And that was in fourth and fifth year. So that was really good. Oh. So I, I mean, at this time, I'll get, I guess it, it, it's a lot easier to like be creating a vision because things are going better. Well, and you and the difference between that work experience is you get to choose what animals you work with. Like you don't, you're not required to do like three weeks of farm animal work. So I did all small, small animal stuff and that's what I wanted to do. So it makes it a lot easier to for sure when you're doing something that you actually like. Yeah. I also think it's important to point out that like during that farm animal experience stuff you're living on the farm as well which yes, is with strangers yeah you're living with strangers <laughs> so, so crazy adds a whole nother aspect um but I, I was just trying to I, I was just trying to also get to was that I think does it help from like I'm trying to think about your experience now but does it help to to, to have did it make it the vision more clear that like you kind of sorted out your university life style. Oh yes, as well. It, yes. So did that help to like see? Okay, now this is sorted out. I can, I can now it, it, the, the vision of me being a vet is more clear because of yeah, the, absolutely. Like when like, you're when you're happier, then yes, for sure. That's very interesting, actually, because mm-hmm. you'd think it would just be the content that like gets you to that point. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, when you're, when I was like unhappy as I was, it's hard to see that. So when you, and then when finally things start to like get sorted out, then it's like, oh, thank God I'm still doing this. Right. Okay. Um, and at this period in time when you were working in all over doing the clinical work, um, do you start feeling more like a vet? Did you start like coming into the, the profession? Um, yes, I mean, a lot of the time you're in school and even me currently, like I've been working as an actual vet for like seven months now, a lot of this time, like you feel stupid, to be honest, because you're so inexperienced. And like, the most experience, the valuable experience that you get is once is in your first year out of vet school when you're actually working. Um, and a lot of the time, you, I mean, when you're in final year, you're constantly getting asked by clinicians, like, quizzed pretty much and and tested and all that and then when you're working you're technically a fully qualified vet and like you're making decisions for yourself so that's when you learn the most but like you obviously make a lot of mistakes during that time because it's completely new and so you spend a lot of time feeling inadequate too but that's not a bad thing I mean it's just humbles you I guess sure maybe that's their intentions as well yeah, and I mean, the clinics that we do in final year are like specialty hospitals. And then when you go out into general practice, which is what I'm doing, it's not the same. Obviously, you don't have clients who have like unlimited money and you don't have clients and you don't have all the bells and whistles of like fancy equipment and all that kind of right. thing. So it's a totally different ball game um, as well. Yeah. Okay. So how did you feel about entering into the, the workspace at the, like, at the end of the end of your study? Um, I was excited. So, I mean, I graduated in June and my job only started in September. Um, And the job that I was going into and which I currently have was I'd done, you know, a few like four or five weeks or more of work experience there. So I knew the clinic and the people. 
So I just felt really excited, but obviously you're very nervous. Like I remember the day before I started work again, I'm a, I'm a crier. I remember getting home like the evening and like just sitting down on the driveway with my, and my dad was like mowing the lawn and just bursting into tears because I was so scared about (laughs) starting the work the next day. Um, So it was like exciting, but it's, it's terrifying. I mean, you're making decisions and some of the time it's like, an animal's life and I'm like I'm you don't mm. feel qualified to do that you are but you don't I didn't feel it at least but I mean you've done all the work and all that so it's super scary but it's mm. exciting and um mm. it's just a confidence thing I mean even after I've been doing this for a year there'll be like a ton of situations that I'd never encountered before so it's all it's all just experience do you think that the university then could have prepared you more for for like to get your head around uh, feeling more of from, uh, aligning yourself more with the profession, do you think it could, your university could have could have done more for that? I don't think so because I feel like the only way to do that is to be thrown into it. Because when you're working right. in clinics or when you're doing work experience, if you do something wrong, it's n- never actually your responsibility. It's the person who's supervising you. Like it's never actually your fault because you're a student. You're meant to be supervised. But when you're working, like things fall on your head, and that's a lot more scary. So no, I don't think they could have done. Okay. a better job because you always have that knowledge like oh if this animal dies during anesthetic like it's not my fault because there's someone who's supervising me and like blah blah, blah yeah. if that makes any sense yeah, yeah. no 100% and yeah. I guess you're lucky in that you went into oh, I guess we'll get to this but I want to just mention it. You, you, you went into a work where your boss is super like forgiving mm-hmm. if it sounds like yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't had any massive slip-ups yet, but I know when I do, which I'm sure I will, he will be forgiving. But it's more that he's, like, just a great mentor, and he... Yeah, I guess that's He's just a wonderful person to, to mm-hmm. learn from, more than anything. Um, okay. And the most important thing when you get your job out of vet school is to have support, like, in terms of your boss. Some, you don't want to get a job where someone's just going to leave you alone because you don't yeah. know anything, yeah. really. So, Yeah. Okay, I think that's that's what I meant. I don't know why I said forgiving, but anyways. No, no, um, I didn't mean yeah. Uh, so so then, leaving university and like having a some sort of a plan. Well, what did what did the next year look like? Um, in my head. No. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's let's first. Start. Did you have a plan for for how you, like do you have a plan for what you were gonna do next out of side of university? Yeah, I mean, I got I got my job offer in December of final year, so I knew for the next seven months that I already had a job. So I knew exactly where I was oh, going and what oh, I was that's doing. Crazy. Yeah. So you so you applied for jobs in university? Um, no, he offered me a job when I was in vet school still while I was doing work experience with him. Wow, that's very lucky. Yeah, yeah, it, I was very lucky. So I had always I always knew I was going to move back to Victoria, um, so I knew exactly what my next year looked like in terms of location and all that. Um, but did you go, go straight into work? Um, I took the summer off, but then, yeah, I went straight into work after that. You took, uh, could you have worked during the summer or not? Um, well, that's just when my job contract started, and I think it's good to have a little break between vet school and work, because when are you going to have a chance to have four months off again? Yeah. You know, not for a while, so I think it's a sure. good thing to do. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Um, and, uh, was it, if, if, like, for a general vet, is it easy to find work once you're qualified? 
Yes, there's a big, sh there's a shortage of vets. Um, the tricky part is, like I said, finding a job with a good boss and good support and good nurses and all that. That's the hard part. It's not actually getting a job offer that's tough. It's the right job for you, I think, that could be tough. Oh, yeah, like right out of out of you, finding the right person who's going to mentor you. Around, in the exactly. Right yeah, it's not the job, finding jobs. It's hard. It's finding the right job. That can be hard. Okay. Mm. And... Um, now you're let, let's let's like shift to Georgia being in work. Mm -hmm. um, what's it like to work uh, knowing you've put in all the effort to be where you are now? It's very. I mean, I love it. I, I love my job. I'm so glad I did everything and like went through whatever I did because yeah, I, I you know. I mean, this is the exception of with the coronavirus. I was going to say every day I don't dread going into work. I love my job. Um, now, because of the coronavirus, we are only working on an emergency basis. So it's super quiet. So sometimes it's hard to go into work and just like stare at my computer for nine hours. But um, mm. for the most part, I love my job and I, you know, couldn't be more happy, to be honest, with what I'm doing in my career. Okay. So, yeah. The position where you are, you're very fulfilled with. Oh, for sure. Yes, I, I very much so. Do you believe in someone finding their passion or purpose? Do you think everyone has that one thing? Um, well, I feel like I probably have a... I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't think... I think some okay. people are, are good at or are passionate about a lot of things. So I, I, I wouldn't say everyone has like one single thing that they're meant to be doing. No. I just mean, I, no, I didn't mean like, I, I just meant, is there something out there for everyone is more what I'm asking. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. But again, being realistic, I think, I think there's something out there for everyone, but maybe just the process to get there. Not everyone has that opportunity. Okay. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That, I think, yeah. yeah, because there's a certain privilege and opportunities that. Exactly. That yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So mm -hmm. yes, I think there's probably something out there for everyone, but not everyone has the opportunity to go do exactly what they want to do. Which is yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you feel like you found your purpose? Um, yes. So thus, so far, yes, I would say so. I feel like I'm very fulfilled with my, with my job. So and I'm passionate about it. So I'm lucky, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and in your current space, like, is this where you want to be right now? In my generally? I mean, no, more in your. I guess I'm asking. I'm not. It sounds like I'm asking the same thing, but I just. I more mean, like, do you see a future somewhere else, or is your job like fulfilling all your veterinary needs? My, I, I honestly, I, I see myself in this job for like the next however many years like I can't see myself I can't see any reason to go somewhere else unless I get fired for some reason right. I I feel very like I don't feel like I need more no I feel like okay. it's I'm probably going to be where I am for a, a long time and I'm happy about that but how do you know how do you know that um because what about it I, um but pretty simply just because I like what I do every day that's cool and you're and excited like to I'd, go to work yeah, I'm excited to go to work. Like I said, the coronavirus is putting a bit of a, a wrench in that, as I'm sure it is with yeah. obviously a ton of people. But yeah. um, I'm 
I like what I do every day. And if you like what you do every day, why would I change it? Fair enough. No, yeah, that's I, good point. That, that, that is cool. Yeah. What are some things that are difficult about working now? Um, dealing with people is the hardest part. Like I said earlier, I mean, I, I look young, so people mm. inherently just don't trust me looking after their pets. I Maybe that's a bit of a broad statement, but I feel like a lot of the majority of people are apprehensive about me taking care of their pet because of that I look like a young person and I am. Um, that's the hard yeah. part is people is people not trusting me and always needing they always need like validation from my boss because they have a relationship with him or or mm. whatever. So that's the hardest part is that people just don't trust what I have to say. And then they'll go to my boss and he'll say a lot of the time exactly the same thing that I said. And then they'll be like, oh, right. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah. it's like, I said that to you. I wish you could just trust me. But I understand that that's not realistic. Mm. And does that impact your love for your work, do you think? No, but it impacts my my confidence, I would say. Okay. Um, I get it doesn't impact what I'm doing with the animal, but it, it impacts my, my confidence for sure. Um, yeah. But you, I feel like that's the only downside of being in a small practice is that they've trusted this one person for so long. Like, who am I to come in and expect them to, to trust me when I've only been yeah. there for like six or seven months? So that's probably mm -hmm. more of a me, a me problem than it is with the, the practice, but that's just something I have to get over. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's really cool. And I think you're very lucky to have like, it's, it, 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 um, I was thinking about it now and it's like, I don't know how you're such an anomaly in that you, you found something so early on, you managed to get through it quick and to find a career and a, a space where you're like, where you can thrive in and just it just that's just something you don't have to worry about which i think is you're so lucky i Such am I, I know yes i'm i feel very lucky um uh and that's like i i worry when i was, was saying the stuff about like the means to get there like i i don't know if that sounds arrogant or no, not. not i didn't mean it to come across that way but no, i am very lucky lucky in that sense and i feel like it is maybe more uncommon so i just i don't know how it happened but i'm just lucky <laughs> yeah I, I i i think that everyone goes through shit in the interim so i don't think it's wrong for you at all to to talk about that i think it's impo more important that you talked about it than yeah like... and it, it just because you know what you want to do it doesn't mean the process getting there is easy oh by any not, means. At, not at all not at all yeah exactly yeah but yeah um yeah I think you're, yeah, I just, I think, I think it's super, super cool that you found something so early on. Um, yes, yeah, that is cool. I do want to just conclude with a few extra things. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do I see myself in the next five years? Um, in an optimistic light. In an optimistic light. How old will I be in five years? I'll be 28. Um, in five years, I see myself still in the same job, but <laughs> just with a bigger client base that hopefully trusts me more. And I'm, you know, more confident in my knowledge and like skills and all that. That's yeah. career wise. In five years, I hopefully would be either 
I'm giving a more general life five years, but hopefully would be either engaged or married. That's also in my in my five year plan. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I don't think this is realistic because of where we live, where I live, which is Victoria. But I'd like to like own or like be on my way to owning my own either apartment or house but because of the housing market in victoria i don't think that's possible but i mean that's in an ideal world Mm. and those are my yeah uh, yeah i was gonna say if you had the opportunity to work somewhere else would you with like a maybe a better job i don't know if you could find a better job but like you Um, think say like in in i don't know toronto or somewhere like completely out of here no I know I, I I love Victoria. I love BC. I love Victoria. And mm. the only, I mean, maybe if someone offered me like double the pay I have now, but I still don't think so because I'm like so happy in my current situation. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, like you, you don't really put a, sounds so lame, but you don't really put a price on that. So the only <laughs> thing that would make my job better is getting like double the pay. And I still don't think I would do it because I like where I am. Wow. I mean, that's quite a statement. Yeah, that's very cool, Jeepers. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you are a very blessed human. Um, I am. How do you how do you feel about the next five years? Like, what are the general feelings about how things might pan out? Um, I think very. I feel very, very positive about it. I. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. No, I'm ex- just excited mostly. I, I'm a little bit um, scared if my boss starts working less and I don't have him around that makes me a little bit scared but mm. I don't think that's going to be a possibility in the next five years like honestly I think he'll keep working for the next 15 years or something like that so um that would be my only apprehension is like not having him around but I don't think that's going to be the case it sounds also like your boss gives you a lot of confidence though in your work as well yeah he does because he's I he's so experienced and like he to me he like no I know he doesn't actually but to me he knows he's not all knowing so, so I always have someone to, if I'm like stuck which I am like multiple times a day yeah I ask him and he he helps me so he gives me a great deal of confidence and you feel like you're learning something new every day as well still yeah for sure and especially he's um also into things like acupuncture and Chinese medicine and I feel like having that's a pretty cool aspect to have because it's not exactly scientific but he still practices quite a bit of it so i think it's very cool to see that side of things as well on dogs yeah what yeah (laughs) that is the most victorian thing i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) can you perform acupuncture on my dog yeah it's people come in like every day to get acupuncture for their dog from him people are so weird (laughs) there's too much money in this in this city yes probably true um but yeah that was uh, oh also, in my five-year plan, yeah. I hope to pay off some of my massive debt that I have. Oh, yeah. So oh, I won't me. be paid. I won't even have paid off half of it by then, but I hope to make a, a dent. A proper debt. Oh, okay. Gosh. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that is, student debt is a scary thing. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. It's going to, yeah, it, it, it's going to take a long time to pay off, but it's all part of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that was that was great. Thanks a mm-hmm. lot for coming. Coming. Yeah. Out. Thanks so much. Yeah. No problem. It's been that was fun a good chatting with you. Good conversation for sure. 
I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, I feel like I just went through my life story from high school to now. <laughs> I, I, I like I like doing that though. Um, we did have to compete with the uh, with the uh, the birds in the beginning, but it all yeah, came together the, in the end. The construction, it all was good. But yeah, thanks so much. Um, I all right. appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, um, definitely. And we ho we hope that you can achieve all your hopes and dreams for the for the future. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> yeah, you guys, are, it's a cool idea what you guys are doing. It's it's I've listened to a few of the episodes. It's really cool. We appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, Georgia. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Post-Pubescence Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. If you have any questions or criticism for us, you can submit it to our website. Tune in next week for another episode. Cheers! Cheers.